0: here and there. It's kind of flippant. Doesn't mean that much when it's in passing, but I don't know if you've ever talked to anybody on their, on their deathbed. Any, I don't know if you've ever talked to anybody on their deathbed who've lived a very full life and they're like, lean in, I got something to tell you. You ever had that moment? Like these are some of the final words of Jesus as he looks to the guys who are following him. He goes, I got I gotta tell you some stuff And this is some of the last words of Jesus. So I just invite you in the same way that he invited them just to like lean in and be like, all right, what you got to say to me? And so let's lean in together and hear the words of Jesus because these are some like the big things that he really wants them to know before he leaves them. I'm the true vine, true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear even more fruit. Already you're clean because of the words I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. He repeats that for a reason. It's important. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, what's the word? Nothing. That's a big word. Some nothing. I mean, maybe something, nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, And my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, listen, so I have loved you. That's powerful. Abide in my love, where it is to remain. Don't ever leave there. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love. You're going to stay right there just as I've kept my father's commands and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you. Listen, I've spoken this. This is what Adam was saying. I've spoken these things to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I'm like lovingly inviting you into this and I just want you to be filled with my joy. I want you to be so full of joy you can't contain it. Here's the way to get filled with such joy. You're not going to find it in your job. You're not going to find it anywhere around here. Like, it's in the vine. He's telling us this. This is my command to you, that you love one another as I've loved you. And if he's loving you, then it's going to spill out to others, and you're going to begin to love others. But I've got to remain in the reality of his love for me. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends He went to the full extent for you. He loves you that much. Like the fullest effort of love. He did it for you. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you my servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, listen, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide. Like this is our life that we're invited into. It's going to abide. It's going to stay. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he's going to give it to you. These things I've command you so that you will love one another. That's what you experienced. Your joy is full as you experienced like his love poured through your life you didn't choose him, he chose you. (laughs) That's amazing. Who am I, God? And I've sat with this passage now for like two weeks. Uh, Thank you, Brad, by the way, for leading last week. Incredible. Guys, can we just, Brad, like, you're awesome, man. Love you. And I just want to tell you what kind of guy Brad is. Like, he's invited me to come to his house. He's going to work through this passage with me. Just like Hours upon hours sitting in his house, man. Like, just what a gift you are, man. Really appreciate you. Like, my words can't express to you, man. Like, you're a a real one, man. I appreciate you. But I was thinking about how practical this passage is. And I, I was thinking about it for my own personal life as I'm sitting there singing. I don't know if you've had a busy week, but Adam talked about something very specific to me. I feel like this week was busy. And I've said that so many times in my life. Hey, next week will be different. You know, tomorrow is going to be different. And unless I'm really intentional about being different, it's not so different. And I don't know how many times maybe you've walked into church and you feel like, man, these guys are singing and they're pumped. But man, like, give me a second. You know what I mean? Like, let me get warmed up in this. And I'm like gearing up in first gear. And I'm like, it's a slow roll. But by the end, I'm like, (gasps) oh. I feel lifted, you know what I mean? Like my kids are dancing, I'm ready to dance, but it took me about three songs. Can we just do three more? (laughs) We're laughing because we all get it, right? But what is that? Like, what's actually happening? Give the joy of the Lord, but we're like drawing from the, we're singing out these truths that are like coming into our life and we're processing them. You're kind, you're good, you're with us, you're for us. And like all of a sudden, We find that the weights that we were carrying start to fall off and we're like, bro, I feel revived. I feel joy rising up in my soul. Why? We're stepping into receiving again. Did you know you're invited to never leave that land? You don't have to. And one of the things that Jesus is doing in this passage, he's talking to a group of people who have perceived their own life as this vine from God. And he draws this differentiation and he says, listen, y'all think you're the vine. I'm the true vine. Now, why would they have got this idea that they were this vine that was gonna produce something great? Isaiah 5, 7, this is one of the passages of the many passages that they would have like understood and thought themselves as this vine. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. They saw themselves as this great vineyard of God. They are this vine from him. But then Isaiah begins to speak about this vine from God. And it says that God basically, he looked for justice, but behold, there was bloodshed in the land. He looked for righteousness, but behold, there was just an outcry in the city. And and I don't know if you know this, but in the temple, there was like inscribed around the temple, this vine and Israel saw themselves as this vine from God. So when Jesus shows up and he's talking to these guys, he's sitting around there and they're seeing this imagery and their perception is they're, they're this vine that has to do and produce something really big. And Jesus is like, look, you guys might feel like you're the vine. I'm the true vine. That word is authentic. I'm the real deal vine. You don't gotta try to produce something in your life. You don't gotta try to be something in your life. I'm the thing that has been planted by God now that's going to extend life to the whole world. If you will connect and remain in me, your life is going to bear everything you were made to bear. You're gonna to begin to produce my life and my love to the world. And if you remain in me, let me be the vine, you're going to experience the fullness of joy. You can remain in him all the time. You are invited in. I pray that in our week, we transform the way that we think. We transform what we draw life from. I pray it's transformed. And we feast upon these words of Jesus that have invited you in to just remain with him. He says, look, I have loved you so much. I've invited you to connect with me. And if you're trying to draw life, he continues in Isaiah 530. And he says, if one looks to the land, behold, darkness and distress, and the light is darkened by its clouds, Look, if you begin to look to this land for life to draw from so that you can pretend to be a vine and produce something really powerful, you're gonna find yourself living in distress. And you might not know why, but you begin to feel weak and feeble. And you're like, why do I feel this way? And I wanna invite you, you don't have to ever feel that way. But sometimes we can't control the way we feel. And I don't, it's okay What do we do with those feelings? What do we do with that thought process when we realize, man, I've just been looking for life in all the wrong places. We come right back to the one who's invited you to connect with him. Let him take it. Don't live in shame right here. We stand up and we realize where we are. We're going, why do I feel this way? It's okay. Step back and realize that it's okay because Jesus said he's got you covered. This is part of the experience with him. And then when we connect back to that place, we go, oh, I'm weak and feeble. You covered me. You grabbed me. You held me. You got me. Joy begins to rise right back up. And then we transform by the renewing of the way we think over and over. What a wonderful life we're invited into. And some, some, some of us, we've been walking this a little bit longer than others. If you're really struggling, that's okay. I just invite you to maybe gather around people that maybe have been going at it a little bit longer. It can help us think a little bit, but don't get down because maybe you feel malnourished. It's he's with you. We just gotta realize that he's with you. You know, Jesus is the vine to look to for connection. Jesus is the true vine that you are looking for for a life connection. And I don't know about you, but I've searched the world. High and low for some kind of life other than Jesus. I'm just telling you, like, I never found it anywhere. There was moments of fun, but later on, not so much. You know what I mean? And I just know that right where you are, he's just invited you just to connect with him. And he's brought you in in this room just to hear this, that he just loved you and he's just calling you to himself. But now, Jay, like as you look through that, like tell me about that cutting thing because like he says like you're gonna like wither and fall off and then they're gonna throw into the fire and be burned, like that's terrifying. Like what does that mean? Like let's talk about that. And Paul actually expounds on this truth to the church of Rome and he helps believers who are not Jews come back into right alignment with remaining connected to Christ. You see, they started looking at the Jews and they started saying, like, man, like, look at y'all's life. Like, we're connected to Jesus and we're better than you. And he's like, hey, I want to bring this down so we understand the reality of what we've actually been called into and in abiding. And he says this in Romans 11. He says, for if God did not spare these natural branches, being the Jews, neither will he spare you. Note, then the kindness and severity of God severity toward those who have fallen, like, man, that's terrible. But they've fallen, not because he was like, man, I don't like you, and I don't like you, and I don't like you. It's because they decided to say, I will not draw life from you, God. I will try to find life, and I will draw it for myself, because I am God. And as they wither and fall off, It's his decision to go, well, I mean, it was your choice. It wasn't mine. Gather them up, and the only thing to do with these branches is to throw them in a fire. It's like, you can't do it, but I've invited every single one to connect to me. But note the kindness of God. He's invited all of us in to just connect with him. And he says this, otherwise, you too will be cut off. He's talking to the people who are beginning to get arrogant, thinking they have something to do with their connection. It was the kindness of God that invited you to connect in the first place. Why do you, why do you leave the kindness of God and think you have something powerful to do with it? He's just invited you in. He's that kind of God. He's that kind of wonderful. He doesn't want you cut off ever. He's invited you in and he holds you. And even they, listen, he's talking about even the Jews, even people who have left, decided to fall off, even if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. What a kind God. For God has the power to graft them in again. If you feel like you have withered and fallen off, you can offer your life to him and he will graft you right in, right now. He loves you that much. You've gone too far? Absolutely not. Come on in. You're invited. Like some people are receiving that today as like an absolute revelation. I know that. Some people are relieved in this room right now. Like I still got a chance, you know what I'm saying? I want to tell you, I understand. When I heard that message, it rocked my world. I thought I was like too far gone. I'd done it a million times. I was like, God, I'm kind of at the end of myself, like, can you do anything with me? I don't really got an expectation on you, like, just, like, do anything, and his love just met me in a way that I, I never got over, like, I messed up plenty of times, but I just never got over it, and he's invited you into the same, so if you feel like you've withered and fallen off, you can choose and say, I want you to graft me in, I, I, want, I want you to connect to me, and he will, because he's so kind He's invited you to be connected. And if you realize your error at any point, you can have full nourishment right now. 1 John 1, 8 through 9 helps us understand. If we, don't, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. And I read this all the time because there's such relief in this passage. If you say that, man, I've got perfect connection. There's no issue with me. There's no hindrance in my life. Like, eh, eh, we're, we're deceived, And the truth's not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, like literally cleanse you, like break down the, the clogged up pipes of our life and let full rush power through your life. What is the thing that may be on your life right now that you'd be like, man, like this thing I feel like is losing connection. Like there's some kind of blockage. Like there's a thing on our heart and our mind. I I invite you just to name it and you bring it to him. And he's gonna take it, cover it, cleanse it. It's finished, it's done. Don't gotta carry it out of this room today. Essentially, Jesus is saying, I'm asking you to keep the Father's heart at the forefront of your thinking. Most of the time, my issue is when I begin to see my inward pain, my inward sorrow, my problems around my life, and I begin to draw life from that, and and I forget that the Father's heart is kindness. I take back upon myself all the efforts and striving of producing something powerful, and this whole passage is like, would you get to the place where you get to the end of yourself and your strength, and you trust me to be the strength, trust me to be the, the power source, trust me to be the vine that's good, that wants to flood your life with my life. I, I don't want to hold back. I actually want to give you all of me. This means you don't got to get frustrated, and you don't have to beg God because he's kind, Most of my life, I begged him to do things, throwing wishes and whims to him, and then he invites me to pray whatever. What does that mean? We're going to get to that in a second. But how can I be fruitful? Like, how is it possible for me to live this fruitful life? Spurgeon said this, but when I was a kid, I'd go to my grandmother's house in North Carolina and I would go on her back porch and on her back porch, like you set out and there was this valley and there was this pond and across the pond and across this river were giant like apple trees. And I remember as a kid, vivid as ever, me sitting with my grandmother and her saying, do you hear those apple trees groaning as they produce apples? Listen, Jay, listen, listen. And in, like, in my mind, I heard the, the wind rushing through the trees. And I was like, I guess. Like, am I supposed to hear something? Like, that's crazy. I didn't know that. And she was like, no, you don't hear anything, do you? And I was like, no. It's because the apple tree naturally produces apples. It's just what it does. There's no striving or effort. It's just what happens. It's not like, oh, produce something. But it's how many of us live, like, oh,
1: do something.
0: In reality, it's like, let him do something. And the second I get to the place where I don't try to produce something, I just surrender to him, the one who wants to produce something, everything gets produced. You're like, that's what it was. It was like faith and surrender? So how do I how do we say yes to being fruitful? I just want a couple practical things. I believe there's two words. Two, if I want to just like, I want to join the productiveness of God and I just want to get to the place of surrender. I believe there's two words and me and Brad, we talked about this. The severity and simplification. Like there's this like, severe aspect of that passage where it's like, man, like unfruitful things like God just takes that have been cut off and he just throws them in the fire. And I just wonder like, what's on our minds? The thing that's like drawing life, that's not really producing the fruits of God, but we've really in our own efforts, like put our life roots into, like our branch effort into, and, and we're, it's like sucking life from us, but it's really not producing uh, the God kind of life the thing that's on your heart and mind, I just, I just pray that there would be like this severe move today, like this severe turning away from trust in that thing that's not even giving you life, and there's this severe turn to the one who's invited you to say, Don't, I am the true vine. That thing that you're looking to get life from is not giving you life. In fact, it's sucking life out of you. the first thing that comes to many of our minds is maybe like a friend or like some of us like my spouse just sucks life out of me you know and I just want to be really clear like we've got to like see the whole of scripture like my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my friends like whatever it is like don't take scriptures out of context and I'm not trying to do that to you I'm not trying to manipulate you but like there's some things on our hearts and our minds that are like man I've I've connected my life to that looking for life and it hasn't really brought it and Jesus has lovingly invited you to connect your life to him and then your life flowing from him will actually nourish those places that have maybe felt like it sucked life because life is now naturally produced to them. Second, the second word is simplification. And I feel like this is, for some of us in the room who've maybe stepped in and begun to be fruitful, you have this desire to produce more fruit and you want to do big things And I don't know if you want to do big things and you want to produce big stuff, but you end up trying to produce everything, and we say yes to everything. And I don't know if you've ever lived that life, but when you try to say yes to everything, it feels like the thing that you're actually really good at ceases to be really good. I just want to give you permission to simplify your life. God has gifted each one of us so differently. You don't have to try to be anybody else. Just be who he made you to be. And then enjoy connecting with him in that level and letting his life flow through your giftings. It's gonna be like a freedom kind of life for you. And I just think about, as I look around this room, there's so many different giftings, like so many amazing giftings. You know, I gotta try to pretend or try to be anybody else. Just connect to the father who's loved you. And remember, you didn't choose him, he chose you. He chose you, and he just wants to pour his life in and through your life. You don't have to try to produce anything. Let him flow through you because his life is flowing through us as we say yes. And then the people around us get a full view of the love that I'm talking about, and it's life changing. And you see God gently calling you to himself because he loves you as well amazing God we have he's that kind of kind you didn't choose me I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit would abide that it would remain that you would never wither even when things around you are stressful because you're not drawing life from those stressful things you're drawing life from the one who's true life Did you notice, though, after we talk about abiding, it hits a verse that says, ask whatever. Abiding gets us to the place where we really realize that I don't even have a good idea of what to pray for. Like, I don't even know how to do it. The word nothing is huge. And if you feel like you can do something, you'll find yourself withering and be, like, not actually producing. But when you get to the place where you trust the Father's heart, you're freed up to like open your hands. You don't have to strive anymore because the Father's that kind and he's drawn you because he loves you, he's chose you. And we get to the place where like this. Now ask whatever, I love that word. So I found myself doing that this week because I, I feel that way often. I just feel heavy. I feel tired. And he draws me right back to this place. He goes, Jay, what are you trying to do? Huh, I'm trying to do something. <laughs> and Lord, whatever. Are you okay with whatever? And if you're not, just learn the Father's heart and then you will be. If you're not okay with whatever, know the Father's heart and you'll be okay with whatever. He wants to do more than you could actually ask for. And many of our prayers are not answered because we throw up these wishes and these whims to him and we say, God, I've got this great idea for you to do something. And he says, but I got this great idea for you to be with me in this. And I want you to have so much more than you're asking me. Would you let me, would you let me Open your hands and I'll fill them. Ask whatever, whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he will give it to you. I went to, it's funny, so I went to a court case this week and this was my prayer. Lord, whatever, I don't know what's happening this week, but you do, do whatever. I won't get into everything but I'm sitting there, it's just me and my buddy. And we're in this case and the girl walks off the stand and she says some things that are pretty rough, you know, to everybody, me included. And the judge at the end, like the judge looks out like on the stand, is like, are you Jay Smith? I was like, yeah. She was like, you did my daughter's wedding. like where am I and everybody's there she's like what church are you a part of now she was like I've been telling my daughter she needs to come to your church I'm like God this is weird (laughs) like the bailiffs and the attorneys they're all there there's like serious like there's there's a plaintiff like everybody's there she's talking to me and all these people are like hearing about this place I don't know I don't know what God has for this, but it's amazing. I leave, and I'm early for my next meeting, so I pull into the car wash because I want to wash my car. I like clean car. So I pull up, and I go into the vacuum, and I get out of the vacuum, and there's a guy I haven't seen in years next to me. I'm like, God, out. I would never have thought to pray for this encounter, and the Lord gave me just a sweet moment where I get to connect to somebody I haven't seen in years, and as I'm leaving, these thoughts are coming to me, Jay. Jay, connect with his son. Send him a text message right now. Just tell him you're thinking of him. Tell him that I love him. I'm just like, yeah, man, every encounter is the adventure when you've surrendered your life to him. And I'm, not te- I'm telling you these things just from victories. I have just as many what I feel like are defeats, but God turns them around and he does something I never expect, even in those. That's what he does when we're connected to him. And as I was thinking about a word picture, as I closed today, like I was thinking about this word picture. And I got this glimpse of how he's invited us to pray whatever according to his will and he's going to accomplish it and we're gonna be a part of this work that's like amazing. And my son, he loves to mow, like loves it, loves. That's all he wants to do with his life, he's gonna be a mower. I'm like, cool bro, I'm actually pumped for you. And he comes to me because he starts to notice the grass is not cut and he wants to mow. But, Dad, I want to mow. And I'm like, we need to mow. And he's like, you get in your mower and I'll get my mower. And I'm like, let's do it, dude. And I get him my ride and mower. And he could never operate the ride and mower. Like, he just can't, didn't have any power to do it. It would be a nut house out there. But I'm going and I'm like blazing this trail because he asked me to blaze the trail. I'm like blazing it for him. And he's walking behind me with this bubble mower and he's just pushing. And he's so proud of his work. He's just strolling because like, it's clean looking, baby. He's mowing. It's so much of my life, man. I felt like I had to push mow with a bubble mower and get some results. You know what I'm saying? Wore me down. And I was like, God, you're not in any of this, man. Ani was like, Jay, you didn't invite me to be a part of any of this. And I'm just, I'm lovingly waiting until you're okay with me to do it. I'm waiting for you, son. I'm waiting for you. And when you're ready to like, just like let go of everything, and life has a tendency to be this thing that gets you to the point where you're like, actually, I got no choice, but like, I quit. I quit. Do it. Like right here, when you're like, I quit, he like meets you in the quit. And he's like, bro, I was here all along, man. I was waiting for you to just be ready. But he never, and he can't, he lovingly can't. Like in love, you can't force yourself. It's the invitation. Love invites. And he's lovingly invited you. He's lovingly invited you. Right where you are, right where you are. He's lovingly invited you. And if you receive his invitation today, like that full surrender piece, uh, He'll let you experience cutting the yard with a bubble mower, you know. And I can't tell you what he's gonna do with you because it's gonna be different. But he's gonna use the job and he's gonna use the, the car washes. He's gonna use every aspect of your life to no effort of your own for apart from him, you could do nothing. Remain in his love. And his invitation for you is to pour out what he gives to you those around you, you will then remain. That's where you will stay because you'll experience him and you'll go, I want more. I want more. I just want more of you. Do more because that was so fun and my joy is full. I asked Ryan if he could end us today. Uh, I believe that God gave him a fresh vision for our church and uh, I invite him to, to share with you guys as we close today.
1: Yeah, so um, I I, uh, uh, not this past Thursday, but the Thursday before, I uh, got together with this group that was just praying over Knoxville. uh, Just kind of partnering with the Heart of Revival and, you know, what does it look like? And we, we met with this group called, this guy represents the Sentinel Group or something like that. So basically they've They've documented like 200 revivals, and they've they've been there they've, they, just to see what the common thread is, and to come along it and support it. And towards the end of that, you know, he, um, we all just started praying for our city. And I got this in, in this prayer, I got this very vivid image of Jesus and just a crowd of people just lined up to come to him. And Jesus was standing here in the front with just his arms out, just inviting, you know. And as, as people came up to Jesus, what I noticed was there's two different groups of people. Like one, I've got like a spoon in my pocket. Um, one just had all this stuff in their hands right and their hands were just completely filled and as they came up to Jesus they all they had in their hands you know he's, he's got his hands out reaching out and all they have to be able to touch Jesus was the outside of their hands like their knuckles and they're just kind of like embracing him like this and we all know from the story of the woman who was bleeding for years and years and years all it took was a touch of her him to be healed right so these people were they were being healed they were being completely restored in him and out of thankfulness they left but they still had all this stuff in their hands right and then the second group comes and they've got all this stuff in their hands and they just give it all to jesus now, Jesus has all this stuff in his hands, and they, they feel, oh, the way of the world is off my shoulders. Like, I can breathe. I feel free again. I feel light again, and they, they thank the Lord, and they leave, and they had these, you know, beautiful encounters, and I, I think in that exact moment, the Lord helped me to see that, um, his people have been too satisfied with not the fullness of what he intended in that encounter. Like, yes, we we need our healing, we need all these things, but I I think what he was really saying is, take my hands completely, like hold them, like both hands, and then when you do that, embrace me. Like, give me this bear hug. Like, I want to hold you. I want to I want to make you know that you are completely mine. Not just have a one-time encounter over and over again, but I want to hold you, and I want you to know that you're mine. And not just that, but to then say, Lord, I don't want to leave this. Like, I don't know if you've been in those moments with the Lord where you're just like, I don't care about anything else. I, I don't want to leave this. I don't want to leave you, God. Come with me. Will you go where I go? Will you be where I I am? And, and he says, yes. <laughs> he says, I will send a helper, the Holy Spirit, who actually lives in us and goes with us, that we'd experience the fullness of him and, um, it's just rocked my world in, in, this, in this idea of complete surrender. And um, let me just do a quick exercise. If, if you guys could, just, just with me, take a deep breath and then release it. All at the same time. All right. Did you feel more relaxed? Do you feel your shoulders? Are they relaxed? Just stay exactly how you are. All right, let's do it again. But this time, I want you to do twice as much in relaxing, okay? In. Did you guys feel any more relaxed the second time than the first? I bet you if we did that four or five times, we'd continuously... Sink, 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 sink into this place of complete surrender, and I think that's what the Lord's calling us. He, he's like, we go through the one time, like I, like the 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 one deep breath, and we we assume we've surrendered. We assume He's searched our heart and we've given Him everything. But I'm asking us as a body, myself included, would we? Allow the Holy Spirit to examine us enough to say, no, Lord, I want you to to really figure out what I'm holding on to so that I can actually hold on to you. So, Holy Spirit, help us, help us, help us. Help your people see Help us to repent of the way we view repentance. That it is a beautiful gift. That all we have to do is turn and just see. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to not see what we are losing when we surrender more, but you would help us to see what we gain. God, we get more and more and more and more of you and you're willing to give it because it is your good pleasure. Lord, would you help us to see what we need to let go of, what we've been satisfied with before, but there's so, so, so much more. God, we repent that we held our testimony like a closed book that we could refer to And you've got chapters that are just empty, waiting. And we pray that we would lean into that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.